0: pound pound
1: pound per pound $6.99 per pound 99 per, 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 per pound Hey yo it's 699
0: per pound podcast
1: All right welcome to another episode of 699 per pound podcast where we interview leaders and professionals from a wide variety of careers and lifestyles just like the diverse food options found usually at a Korean owned food deli in New York City Once again, we got to shout out Listening Party and Canal Street Radio located inside Canal Street Market. Where is it? On Canal Street, son. Follow them at Listening Party Presents and Canal Street Market on Instagram. Spell just the way it is. No underscores or any of that. And also, if you are a fan of the podcast, in fact, you know what? I've been saying this on every episode, so I'm going to start telling y'all to stop rating us. Stop following us and stop screenshotting the episode or stop posting and tagging us on Instagram. Cause yeah, your help does support us, but if you don't wanna do it, I don't wanna force you. And another note, if you don't wanna support us on Anchor and be a monetary contributor by paying a small monthly donation, which I know you're probably gonna spend on a Friday night buying $16 whiskeys at a bar, yeah, you don't have to support us. But if you want to, just letting you know, we're available on Anchor as well. So on that note, um, today we have a very special guest, an illustrious guest. Um, I think you probably noticed that you're not hearing this very loud, um, very different tone of voice next to me. That's usually next to me. JoJo's sick today. Uh She can't make it. Uh So in her stead, we have our righteous producer, Michael Kent Stewart, in the building. Yo, 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 what's up? Make some noise for Michael in the post, which is going to be done. Um, So yeah, this week we have a very special guest. We have the founder of Carabine. Please welcome Shelly Borrell.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So on that note, I mean, can you kind of just like tell us what is Carabine? And like, what is your job uh, behind this project?
2: Sure. So we actually envisioned a film festival initially. Mm. So when when Carabine started, we, the, the very first program that we put up was the Flatbush Film Festival and really it was about, it was an extension of all of my work in and I wouldn't say my my work, but also my travels, right? So my undergraduate degree is in cultural studies and, and with the concentration on the Caribbean. And then in grad school I, and that's when I came up with Caribbean, right? And I always saw content, right? TV, film, distributed content as being a huge gap. Um, in the Caribbean space. Why are we not seeing ourselves reflected, um, you know, in media?
1: By Caribbean space, do you mean like Caribbean, uh, like
2: people people that live in America? Well, Caribbean programming, period. Right? Mm, So whether it's, you know, programming featuring people Caribbean stories, Caribbean people. I saw that as being a huge gap and, and, and deficit. Mm. Um, the other thing I had issues with was sort of, you know, the way tourism is packaged um, in the region. So I started grad school studying cultural heritage tourism and I ended up making a pivot to media studies. Uh, but both programs were really about addressing, you know, these problems directly either through tourism, cultural heritage, tourism, which again, my life has come pretty full circle and or uh, media or Tell us a little bit
1: about like some of the issues that you see in cultural tourism, because when, okay, so I spend a lot of time in like Crown Heights and Flatbush and these areas. And, you know, I kind of have an affinity for like, I guess like dancehall and music culture from, you know, the islands, like whether it's Calypso or Soca or whatever it may be. But that's also just because of, like, influences that I've got as a young person growing up in New York. But, you know, West Indians, like, f- for, like, people that are not familiar with them, like, they kind of, a lot of people tend to kind of, like, uh, paint them in one brush. Sure. So, like, kind of like how certain South Americans are just all deemed, oh, you guys are all Mexicans. Where right. Where, like, all Asians are deemed as, oh, you guys are all Chinese. Right. When people think, like, West Indians, they're like, oh, you guys are all Jamaicans. Jamaicans, right. Yeah, you guys all speak patois. You right. know, you guys, you must love reggae. Right. You know, so... Um, for those of us that are not familiar, you know, like, can you kind of desc- tell us, like, what are some of the issues that you see and, you know, like how tourism is packaged when yeah. it represents, you know, Caribbean? And then, um, like, just some of the misconceptions where, like, if you could kind of explain, yo, there are actually differences between Trinidad, Haiti, you know, Jamaica, Jamaica Diana, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, wow, that's, that's like a whole, I mean, we could do a series on if this. If you could but, do an
1: average version. But a, a, a couple yeah.
2: things that I would mention. I mean, one thing is when you think about Carnival, right? Yep. And Carnival has become wildly popular. Soka is trending around the world. And, you know, I talk about this a lot with my friends um in the region as well as here meaning in the region the caribbean region and it's become overly it's like sex tourism right so when you look at soca you just think about women whining right Mm. and 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 of course whether you're from the culture or not right it's some it's sort of like this thing that you want to engage in right but Mm. there's so in but in a very overtly sexual manner, right? So, you know, so I think, like, the over-sexualization of the female body has become, like, a very um, prevalent issue in in carnival culture. And Mm -hmm. that's, you know, throughout the region. And, And that's really not what carnival is about, right? It's what it's becoming, right? And when you think about, like, you know, carnival now, you're thinking bikini, you're thinking beads, you're thinking you know, that I can go whine on somebody, yeah. um, right? Or, you know, now it's not only whining on people. I mean, you're seeing men are touching women, right? Like, mm. without their permission. And, you know, we convened to talk about this two years ago at the Brooklyn Museum as part of our residency because, you know, a woman got shot in um, during Juve because she refused to dance with someone and he just... Shot her. I That's
3: li- wild. I heard about that. I lived on. Rogers. Well, I mean, like right. Juve has a. You know, for
1: people from the na- from those areas, like Juve has a. Juve tends to always have like some issues. Like people, like recently, I mean, like there was a lot of news around it.
2: Right, but I mean, I think that's, that that's that a that lot of hype too. too right. right? Yeah. So and and just misinformation right. and miscategorizing the whole event within associating it with violence. So so
1: for those of us that are not familiar with what Juve is, Juve is. The event that were like the party, I guess. Is, it's not a
2: party. I mean Juve event? is the opening of the Carnival. The opening,
1: opening of Carnival right? the night before correct. the day of the carnival. That is right? correct. And it okay. typically
2: starts at three, four o'clock in the morning. And that's how the tradition was bought here. Mm-hmm. But again, because there are so many people participating in Juve and they're and they're repackaging it as something else, something that it's not right, and not really understanding the roots and the origins of this cultural celebration, then, you know, that's when things start to... It's like to, the,
3: the sexual violence at that point.
2: Right, yeah. exactly. Mm. And then, of course, it's nighttime, so it's very easy right, to, right, right. you know, for people who are going to do bad things, whether it's juve or not, to right. come out because there are large groups right, of people exactly. out on yeah. the streets. Take
1: advantage right. of, that Correct, of that situation. Correct, of that situation,
2: right? And, and so, you know, I think that's one of the things about Caribbean culture that is, you know sort of like skewing in the wrong direction. It's, it's you know, the way we've been describing it, is, It's it feels like sex tourism almost. Mm. Um, it's like
3: Thailand. Like how people go to Thailand. Uh, uh,
1: maybe. Uh, no. no, it was different. Thailand, like, th- people actually really buy prostitutes over there. Like, whereas
2: in... Right, whereas here yeah, you like, like, just here like... Yeah,
1: there's okay. here it's There isn't like a transaction per se. Correct. But, you know, okay. you but are you f- there... But because you
2: feel like you are going to have a transaction. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, um,
1: or at least like... You know, the, the intention isn't necessarily like, OK, like I appreciate what this symbolizes is more so like you see like pretty women in loud outfits that are you know, scantily clad, you know, for lack right. of a better term. Yeah? Right. Yeah, right. So
2: And then I can do whatever I want. Right? right. Um, You know, because and of course they're dancing in a particular way, which right. is maybe you know, sensual or, sex, you know, seem, look sexual. So it feels like a ripe opportunity, mm. you know, for some that, you know, you can actually, you know, engage in this illicit right. behavior. So, I mean, that was one of the things, um, you know, I think that's one of the things that I've been thinking about for, for a couple of years mm. now um, and just observing. Um, I, I, I have to say I'm a masquerader. Um, every time I go to the Caribbean... Um, Are you part of
1: a band? Or I
2: mean, I I used to. I mean, I to, I play mass like, yeah, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. I played mass. I've played mass in Trinidad. I've played mass in Guadeloupe. So, so can you I kind of Lucia, just played- like
1: lightly explain what that means, like yeah. for people? Because you know, like when my homies used to tell me, like yeah, like. I was, you know, I did mass and I didn't understand what that meant. Right. I, th- I thought of it in like Catholic terms. Like sure. you, know, you participate <laughs> in mass, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, so
2: mass is short for masquerade. Right. And during carnival, um, in most countries, in, in fact, I, in every country that I can think of, there are different groups, even Brazil. Right. right? There are different groups which uh, organize around a particular theme, right? So let's say we're playing Canal Street or Chinatown. Right. All of the costumes in that particular band will have a Chinatown theme. Right. Right. And 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 to actually perform or to participate in that band is called playing mass. Right. Right. And so in my experiences throughout the Caribbean, I'm going to carnival because, again, I'm a masquerader, whether, you know, I'm in the French Caribbean or the English-speaking Caribbean. I have not played mass in the Dutch or the Spanish-speaking Caribbean or even in North America mm. um, because I've played here in, in in Brooklyn as well as in Miami. Um, you know, I always play mass because I'm, I'm a person who cannot just spectate. I want to participate, and I've been playing mass since I was a teenager. Right. Um, but now I have been spectating um, for a couple of years and partially because I don't like what I see. Mm. Um, it, and, you know, and I, I think it's a little problematic. Um, you know, I'm also getting a little older. I'm not, I'm not young, but I'm not old. So (laughs) I'm also like, do I have the energy for that? Do I want to wear that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) it's a, it's a lot of mental and physical preparation that goes involved. That's right. right? I'm
2: like, do I still have the body for that?
1: (laughs) Well, um, so I think that kind of delves into like you growing up in Flatbush and, um, and traveling to Caribbean during the summers, and um, what's your ethnic heritage?
2: Sure, sure. I, I usually don't talk about it. I always say I'm a Caribbean or right. a Carapolitan. Right. But both my parents are from Trinidad. Okay. So, and the unique thing about my parents um, that's really important to know is both my parents are the eldest. Um, my father is one of 13. Mm. My mother is one of seven, and they're both mm. number one. And they both were the first to come to America and largely responsible for bringing most of their relatives to the clan. They bought bought their, they bought everyone. They Mm. filed for everyone. Um, So parents, well, mothers, because only my grandmothers came. My grandfathers never came. And aunts, uncles, and dozens and dozens and dozens of cousins. Cousins, I come from a very, very large
1: family. So, like, I think that kind of leads into, um, the, because when people, like I said earlier, uh, when people think like, you, you know, you're from Caribbean, you know, you're from a Caribbean nation. Like people don't associate, you know, Jamaica is such a big brand,
2: right? You know, it is. so
1: people just automatically That's assume a real thing. like
2: brand Jamaica is like brand Jamaica a thing. is a real thing, right? Yeah. So
1: people just assume like you're Jamaican if you're from the islands, you're probably gonna eat beef patties, right. you know what I mean? Not even jerk chicken. Not I don't even jerk. think that many people know about jerk chicken unless you're from like New York, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about like some of the cultural differences and is obviously rooted or influenced by some of the colonies that were in, like, during the colonial period as well. So, you know, for instance, like, I know Trinidad, like, has, like, a big Indian Indian population. I'm actually half Indian. So my mother is
2: Indo-Caribbean, yes. So
1: you're part of the diaspora, the Indian diaspora. I am. My middle name
2: is Vidya, which is a Hindu
1: name. Oh, yeah. So if you could kind of expand on that. And then also, like, yeah, for instance, like, Chinese, there's a huge Chinese population. In in, Trinidad and Jamaica. Trinidad and Jamaica as well. So you could kind of, like, expand. Expand on that just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, so the I've I've visited over thirty five Caribbean countries, and I didn't even
1: know there were thirty five Caribbean countries
2: islands. Right. Yeah. Right, I right. mean, maybe yeah. I mean, on my last count, um, and you'll you'll start to see that there's a lot of common denominators, right? Mm. Especially when you're, as you said, depending on how you were colonized, right. right? So when you're in the Spanish Caribbean versus the English or the French Caribbean. Um I have not spent any time at all and I need to fix that in the in the Dutch Caribbean. Um but you you will see a lot of commonalities in ter- in terms of what fruits are called and vegetables and expressions and that kind of thing. However, that said, the more you travel throughout the entire region, then you see that we're all eating plantains, right? right. We all have a form of right. rice and peas, right, right, peas right. and rice right that have that has like a bun bun or a conkalong, uh, which is what the Panamanians would say. My stepfather is Panamanian, so I grew up also around Panamanians mm-hmm. um on the bottom, right? You know, we all are eating mangoes, so right. um so one of the things that I've been really successful at in my work is really tr- unifying the Caribbean experience, right? So everyone thinks they're the best. Of right? course, yeah, yeah everyone like is Asian. like Asian. Right. So every island is the best everything. Oh yeah. Right? Until yeah. I'm like, "Okay, so really your plantains are better than than theirs?" Like, really? Like, can you tell me like is there some different sun that you have or mm. some different water? So you have different waters. Like it's not the Caribbean Sea and the Atlantic Ocean that's touching you. You have some other right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right? So, you know, um you know, and, and that's the, be- the beautiful thing about travel. And that's also the beautiful thing about social media. Mm. Right. Because then now you can start to to find those common threads. And one of the, the, the best ways I think that we, that people can connect is through food.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. It's just hard for me to kind of sometimes explain to somebody who's not from New York to kind of explain, yo, like now nah, there's mad differences between Haiti, Jamaica, Trinidad and so on and so forth. But obviously, there's the common factor, which is food.
2: Right.
0: But,
1: you know, there's obviously differences and subtle differences in language.
2: Right. Um, I mean, so language is one of them. And
1: music. Culture. Yeah. And yeah. of
2: course, there's different genres of music. Right. Um, so, right. So reggae and dancehall are very, very different than, than soca, calypso, right. then compa, right. and zook. Right. Yep. So, but, you know, when you, when you sort of like deconstruct all of those musical genres, mm. they really go back to Africa. Right. Right? Um, And then they may have some European influence. There might have some Indian influence. There may may be some Asian influence, depending on, you know, what genre of music you're talking about. Similar to the culinary traditions. Right. So that's why in Trinidad, you have some of the- Exactly. You have roti, you have doubles. Right. I love Um, doubles. I love doubles too. Shout
1: out to Ali's on Utica.
2: Well, I shout out to Jen's on Flatbush. (laughs) So growing up in Flatbush- We all are going to those West Indian markets, right? So my favorite, if we're shouting out, I'm going to shout out LeBay on Nostrand because LeBay is the West Indian owned, West Indian owned West Indian market, Mm. right? So it's not like one of the- Asian-owned ones, right, yeah. um, so no Korea disrespect, owns- right? No, no, no it's, disrespect. It's not, no, no,
1: not um, not no, no disrespect but, at all.
2: But I also know that Mac, the owner, he's importing his products directly from the Caribbean, right? And I, and I didn't believe him because you know, people, this is New York, and we, as New Yorkers, were all like skeptical. You're like, yeah, whatever. But I actually saw the labels mm. myself, like where he's importing sour soup and other fruits, vegetables. He has a juve chocolate. Um, like a chocolate bar um, that's coming directly from Grenada. So, you know, we're all convening at these
0: right right West
2: Indian markets, right. and we're all buying the same food. Right. Yesterday, I was at the new iteration of the Flappish Cayton Market, which is around the corner from my house, and they were talking about Haitian cocoa, mm. right? And we have the same thing in Trinidad, right? Right. So, and it, I mean, they prepare theirs a little bit different because the French people, because also Martinique in their cocoa, they put peanut butter right. in their cocoa, and they do the same thing in Haiti. Whereas in in Trinidad, you don't do that. You just right. grate it, and of uh, but we're all layering it with condensed and evaporated milk. Right. Right. So, and I had no idea that in Haiti. They also had this same chocolate, the one that you grate. And it's very popular for in my family. We drink it every Christmas morning.
1: I, I think what you're doing right now, it's um. so because of the nature of the podcast, having two Korean American hosts, we tend to have a big Asian listenership. But um, I think what you're doing is perfect for like the analogies that I wanted to give to our listeners. Like, yo, just like how. Japanese people eat rice, Koreans eat rice, right. Chinese people eat rice, and we all use soy sauce. Right. Each country probably preps their rice a little differently.
0: Correct.
1: Um, the saltiness of the soy sauce might be a little different.
0: Right. The but soy
1: paste too. The paste might be a little different. Correct. But the concept and then the
3: foundation is are the similar. same. It's similar. If anything's it's the, the it's same. But then they each claim that they came up with it.
2: That too. <laughs> and then they're oh, all no.
3: the best. I, I've, oh, I've, no, had, I've had conversations And they're all the like best, that. right? Yeah, and they're all the
1: best. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so um, I think the next topic that we want to talk about is um, since this is an occupation-focused podcast, mm-hmm. um, we've had like different people that has had like just, you know, more so regular nine-to-five jobs, but as a career-oriented job. And sure. then we've had like entrepreneurs… And small business owners on this podcast in the past and each. But in the end, these are all occupations, right? Like whether like you work for a big company or whether you create your own occupation, um, it's something that you do for for uh, for passion. But it's also something that you do for a living. Right. Right. So um, is Caribbean being an agency, uh, a nonprofit? uh, You said it was a cultural venture.
2: Um, I call it a platform or a hub. A
1: platform or a hub. Yeah,
2: okay. I mean, or a cultural venture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I mean, people People have talked to us, like, you know, and, and we're starting to get a lot of requests that feel very agency-esque. And we have done some of that work, for sure. Um, but I, I wouldn't define us as an agency. Right. Right, and But I think it's also really hard to find define Caribbean right. even though there is a technical definition of what a Caribbean is mm. um, but you're a Caribbean because you're interested in Caribbean culture and, oh, okay. and, you, and you grew up in Flappish and Crown Heights I have did you been not to grow the up or?
1: there He's but I Queens. spent a lot of time there Well, right. I so. have to justify I'm from Queens ladies and gentlemen oh, man. as much as I love Brooklyn Queens get the money
2: uh, I gotta uh, go now I gotta uh-oh.
1: go uh-oh. <laughs> just um, kidding <laughs> but yeah so I think with that note on that note um, would you just mention about that you know it's there's different definitions that go behind, um, you know, your uh, cultural venture care being. But one of the key things that, you know, we realize where at least from an outsider looking in is that you're like an expert when it comes down to like creating these partnerships and programs with other organizations that uh, want to, you know, get to reach the audience that you might have access to and vice versa. Right. right. So, um, you know, you've produced like 200 plus public programs you know with Brooklyn Museum, Queens Museum, uh Prospect Park Alliance, uh Studio Museum in Harlem. I mean, yeah. these are all like legit Lincoln
2: Center. Lincoln
1: Center. Swagersburg. Talk
2: your all talk. Link, talk your talk. Talk yeah. your
1: talk. So, you know, tell us a little bit about like for for somebody who is listening, right? Like who's never had to like you know, leave their job or like something that's been given to them when they have to like basically go out there and look for these partnerships and create those conversations and doing a project that, you know, you're collaborating with another organization. Can you kind of explain what the process is and, um, what are some expectations that, you know, you you should, you should, you know, you should be, you should be aware of for both parties.
2: Yeah. I mean, so number one, I want to say that like professionally, I've worked in partnerships for a really long time. Like, pretty much most of my career
1: tell us a little bit about that what do you mean by working yeah. in
2: You're partnerships?
3: at google before right
2: i was at google and then my my role was global business development and strategic partnerships oh. prior to that i worked in digital distribution and strategic partnerships mm. you know so for a number about, of yeah. years right i managed the the whole tv lineup at time warner cable Oh wow. Um and I launched all of the international channels but each channel was my partner.
3: Yeah. Right? So, uh,
2: and so we had the pipe, the cable pipe. Yeah. And they had the TV channel. So mm. then
3: how did you take that those experiences and how did that go into creating partnerships for care and how do you think about those things?
2: Yeah, I mean from the very from the very beginning I saw care as a brand, right? Mm. And as a like even though we're very much based in the community and, and I mean, naturally because I was born and raised in, in Brooklyn um, and still very much um, and rooted in yes. <laughs> rooted there. Um, we saw, always saw ourselves as like a premium brand from the very, very beginning. Right. Even when we weren't. Like mm. even when, you know, we had no money and, and we still don't have a lot of money, but we always saw ourselves as... <laughs> really, um, as a, as a brand and, and then we sought out those types of partnerships. Right. Right. So I wasn't looking to partner with, you know, I was always like, how can we get this channel out? Like if Caribbean was a channel, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you're thinking about it from a cable perspective, like how can I distribute it to the most amount of people? And for me, that was through partnerships. And, you know, also how can we, you know, add value to that partner. And and for, for us, what has been working is that we are, as you mentioned, that there's an audience piece, but then is, there's also like a, a content and programming piece. Like we're providing whatever partner with programming and content that they otherwise are not serving. Mm. Um, or if they are, it's not in a concentrated way, right? It's not packaged in the way that we're doing it. Um, so... So yeah, I mean that's just something that has been part of care being from since day one, and when you continue to do outstanding work, then your part people will pay attention to that for sure, and they'll invite you back, or more people will invite you to, to bring that work to their organization, their their business, their festival, whatever it is that they're doing.
1: Right. So as a partner, right? Like for instance, like. somewhere like Brooklyn Museum or Lincoln Center, these are like public, well, you know, they have like private contributions, but they're public art spaces Mm -hmm. or culture spaces that obviously has like high expectations. And also like, they're kind of oftentimes in the place of decision-making because they are a brand name that, you know, so for like, you know, like for Caribbean, which, you know, you are bringing your audience And whatever programming that you guys are working together, what are some, like, expectations um, or, I guess, like, steps that you would, you know, recommend taking? So, for instance, like, let's say whoever that's listening to this wants to, like, maybe wants to collaborate with their local uh, museum. Mm -hmm. Um, What are the steps that you would recommend this person take?
2: I mean… From the very
1: basic...
2: Yeah, I mean, first I would, like, do my research on that institution Mm. or that partner and see how you can add value to that partner, right? So, um, you know, if I wanted to work with Canal Street uh, Market, I would first come here, walk around, and probably walk around a few times and see, like, A, what it is, what they're doing, right? What are all of the ways that I can actually add value, like... Maybe for Canal Street, I'm not going to bring the Caribbean house here, right? right? Because, like, where am I going to put it, right? But maybe it's our merch. Maybe it's a radio show because there's a radio um,
0: booth booth here. Right.
2: Or maybe it's, they do events here. Maybe I'm going to think about, okay, well, how can I bring in the Chinese Caribbean experience Mm. to here? Right. Right? So I'm going to bring the dopest Trini you know, Jamaican Chinese food here. And then now people who are in Chinatown are going to be like, wow, I never even knew that Mm. that existed. Um, And and then they start to see the intersections between the Chinese people from the Caribbean and themselves. Because I bet you there's a lot of rice and soy sauce.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So then you have this idea. How do you go about approaching someone in that institution?
2: I mean, you have to find the right person, right? So you have to figure out Like you have to like, yeah, try to figure out who it is, right? Who you need to speak to, who is going to get or how are you going to either. I mean, if you can't get to that person directly. But now, I mean, there's social media, there's there's LinkedIn, there's, you know, most most especially you're talking about an institution. um, But even agencies have like an about page. Right. And then you just try to figure out who is that person. And you have to like. Right. to your homework. So,
1: like, if anything, like, any of these, like, bigger museums or uh, these public spaces, they usually have, like, an events director.
0: Correct. A marketing
1: director. Uh, somebody who is, like, organizing or utilizing the space. Right. You know, because a lot of these museums, they capitalize on that space, whether it's doing private events or right. maybe even public events. Right. right. So, so then
2: you have to figure out who that person is mm-hmm. or who the people are that you need to speak to. And then you... You, I, I would imagine by then you would have done your homework and your diligence and then you you, you make your pitch.
1: For sure. For sure. So I think, you know, one of my, one of, one of my um, you know, mantras in life is like, yo, closed mouth don't get fed. So I know some people, especially people like in creative fields, they're not usually the best when it comes down to talking about the moolah. You know what I mean? That's right. Talking about bread. So and well, this- not
2: only bread, I think that they're also like not good at following up on things.
1: That's another thing. Yeah. So shout out <laughs> to all my artist friends that suck at replying on emails. Right. Um, so like, can you talk us a b- little bit about that as well? It's like, OK, so let's say you do a collab with a museum or an institution. Right. Um, what are some like channels or ways for both parties to not only benefit with exposure, but also like. There's a monetary return for that.
2: I mean, they're all different models. I mean, right. like there's not there's a, case a one. By case basis. It's so yes. case by case. So I really can't speak to that. Right. Um, and I guess everyone, you know, like everyone has a different philosophy about money, mm-hmm. right? And and I'm I'm definitely about money and, and paper money. Yes. i call it money. yes and i like money with wings and money in bags yes so if you have to you have to like use the emojis those are the ones that i use <laughs> but
1: money that doesn't have to come with taxes
2: well i mean you know you gotta be on I, the books, said it, so I said it i said it i said it shelly didn't say it
1: i said it on okay. the
2: books we don't do anything off the books at mm. caribbean but um but yeah, I mean I, just, there just there's so many different models. Like right. it's not one size fits all. So for instance And you like, just have to figure out what works for you mm-hmm. and what works for your partner. Right. And sometimes that you may not be aligned and then you don't have a partnership.
1: Right. So I mean, let's say like you do a pop-up and there's like a merch component to it. I guess like what I'm trying to figure out or at least like share with the audience is like, okay, so if there's profit being gained from selling this merch. Then is there like a, like, do you usually like talk about, okay, how are we going to split the profit in that, in that transaction? Again,
2: it's really different. Like, right. So if your merch is like a different thing because either you're doing a rev share.
0: Right. Exactly.
2: Or, or Mm. you're um, selling it. You just sell, sell your partner. Like if I wanted to put my stuff into alumni,
0: Mm.
2: right. I'll just be like. You, are you buying this? Or you can consign it, I guess. Exactly. Yep. Right? Um, you know, they're different, they're different ways. So it just really depends on like who the partner is mm-hmm. and, and they're they're just they're different models. All
1: things are negotiable pretty much.
2: Um, I wouldn't say so. <laughs> I, I don't okay. think, I don't I don't think everything is negotiable because uh-huh. I don't think everyone is Consigning, I don't think everyone's doing rev shares and I don't think yeah, everyone's buying. Everybody's buying, buying wholesale And either. everyone's not yeah, buying. Yeah. So I, I don't think that everything is negotiable because mm-hmm. there's some people who are just like, I only want to buy. Right. I don't want to rev share with you.
3: Right. So right? yeah, I'm curious. Out of all the programming you have done in the past with care being mm-hmm. and with with an institution or a private institution, what is is there one partnership that kind of sticks out to you in a sense of like <laughs> you both really benefited from it or it was just a great experience on the Caribbean side that, you know, you learned a lot or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now I'm really in love with our partnership with Prospect Park Alliance. Mm. Um
3: What are you doing with them?
2: We are also in residency there in June, which is National Caribbean American Heritage Month.
1: So, yeah, okay.
2: Um So, they have, they've just been really outstanding partners. Um right. From the leadership, I was mm. just at, their gala last Saturday. That's what's up. Um, Is
1: it in the park? One it's of the in buildings? the park.
2: It's in the tent. It's in in a tent. That's a see through tent at the park. That's fire. It was really cool. Yeah, it was dope. really cool. Uh, it was a little chilly, mm. but I had on my my mom's vintage cape, nice. uh, which everyone loved. But I mean, but everyone's really vested in the partnership. Right. Um, Brooklyn Museum has been very vested. You know, from s- support staff to marketing to you know, events to curatorial to leadership, you know, and my girl, she's the head of the Brooklyn museum. So, right? so, and so I, but so is Sue and, mm-hmm. and Debra at, at Prospect Park and Corey. So, you know, when you have a whole, you know, from top to bottom
1: infrastructure, like just behind like really you. behind
2: yeah. your partnership. I think that that, I mean, those just are, are the best for us.
3: I had a, another. So that another question came up to mind it was like, when you're in a partnership, maybe it's not working out. How do you go about maybe cutting off that tie
1: or addressing like
3: the issue? Issue, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, that's tough, right? And that happens. Like sometimes it's just like, okay, well, this is just no longer working, mm. and you know, it's bittersweet. But everyone has to move on,
1: right? And when you are going into these uh, partnerships with um, these institutions for a project, um, are you usually, like, doing contracts or is it just agreement just via written statements?
2: I mean, they're both. Mm. I mean, it depends on the institution. Some institutions want a contract and others are sort of, like, more like we're just back and forth. It really—every— every Cause, Everyone cause, does business differently. Because
1: emails could be receipts. Yeah. yeah. So. And, I, and
2: I have all my receipts. When I worked at Google, someone told me that... First, they were like, Google is a big place. And I was like, what do you mean? But they told me, they're like, your inbox is your power. Right? Mm. And it's true because like I have... Caribbean has been around nine and a half years. Mm. Next year, we turn 10. I have 10 years of receipts because I have every single email that has ever come in. And that I've sent to being archived. I don't delete any emails. How
1: much are you paying for those extra space? Though?
2: I pay. I had to upgrade. <laughs> both though. my personal account and my business yeah, account. Yeah, I had
1: to upgrade my shit too. And yeah. Like, because like, I'm like,
2: I'm, I love Drive too. Like anyone who works for yeah, Caribbean, my drive is, they yeah, know. They're like, look, stuffy. I was like, do not send me any Microsoft Word attachment document. I want everything in Drive. That's like one of the first things they do. I'll send out like… No, we, I don't we get
1: it. You used to work at Google. We get it.
2: No, but I like… I love Drive. It's not <laughs> yeah, only nah, that. Nah, like, nah, I nah, actually I love it. Google Docs. Nah, nah, Me no, too. But that's, I, they're I, called I, tricks at Google. Yeah, that's an I, I important love, I point.
3: I love it as well. Um, I love their products. Google yeah, like, products are amazing. The receipt. Except part?
2: for Google glasses.
3: The receipt part is really important, I think. Because a lot of people… You might have a conversation on the phone. Or, you know… You a need, handshake. You, yeah. You yeah. need to… No. Like being able to… Have that that record. I put
2: everything in. I mean, even if it's an email, but like, I'm not into the whole like phone and texting, and you know what I mean? Like, and and, and the other, I mean, I live and die by my even my calendar. Like, my calendar is like my Bible, right? right? Like, because I can't, I don't know where I have to be, who I have to call, what I have to do if I don't have my calendar. So, it's, and that's like another form of receipts. And I can also go back and see what I've done if there's a reason why I have to go back in time which happens right because right, exactly. you have to know like when you met with people when you spoke with people like it's very very important but that whole in your inbox and your receipts being important it's true because you have to remember like there's a
3: search oh yeah in I use your that gmail all the
2: time. In your in your in your inbox and you use it and you go back and it's similarly to Google Docs right and and that search is a Google it's the same Google algorithm so I could just put in 699 and all of my exactly. communications yeah, yeah, yeah. will come up I could put in podcasts every podcast that I've been on or every person who has sent me anything about a podcast it will come up
3: yeah on so, so
2: one, one
1: key takeaway is yo always keep your receipts. Always have things written down, especially in a partnership uh situation. agreement a situation. So I think that's one key thing is like when a person says, like, yeah, I got you, like, yeah, I'm gonna pay you this um this this so and so on the phone. Yo, know, if that shit ain't written out, son, you're playing yourself. Make sure you have those email receipts. Make
3: sure you confirm too, after the call. After,
1: yeah. So make yeah, sure make is... sure you get that person to say, Yes, I confirmed that on the email chain.
2: A call is not it's not. Exactly. Or a text
3: it's message. It's not 100%. No. Yeah. So, when you, maybe when you're working with younger people coming up now, you know, they're more used to being on the mobile mobile devices, texting, calling, more texting. I maybe.
2: Yeah, text. Have yeah, you had
3: those well, experiences? Nah, more so yes. like DMs. They just behave hanging up that on the too. DMs. Exactly. Yeah. So, how is that maybe, have you had to deal with that kind of change? I
2: mean, like, I have some Generation Z people who work for us mm-hmm. and, I'll tell them. I'm like, have you checked your email? Mm. Like, I'll, I make them check their email. Right. Like, and I'll text your- you to be like, check your email. But because then I know like when I hear when it's crickets and I'm very email heavy, like email right. is like my jam.
3: Mm. Like, I'm
2: like, don't call me. Text maybe like, but I really only talk to like a handful of people on the phone. Right. right? Unless I have to talk to you. Like if I have a conference yeah. call or a meeting schedule, that's different. But like just like just being on the phone with like a million people. No. I'm like, you remember top five? Like there was a top five thing. Like I kind of have a top five. And those people are like always like those are the people that I talk to and I'm in in communication with. But email, like my email is bananas. Like when you look at my inbox here, it's like. Thirty-nine thousand seven
1: hundred and ninety-four. Oh my! Goodness. Is that is that something? Is that something that you want to I mean, boast about?
2: I <laughs> mean, is it all
1: unread? No.
2: That, I don't not, know. I mean, I have. Don't my... tell
1: me it's all unread. <laughs>
2: no, no, no. I mean, haven't I e- responded to every email you've sent to me? Yeah,
1: yeah. No, no you've been very, I'm just saying, you. I'm just saying, been very communicative. You got been thirty-nine thousand nice. emails. Ooh, that's hefty.
3: Oh, almost no. th-
2: almost forty yeah,
3: thousand. No, I appreciate that because you're very email heavy. I'm very email heavy too. So yeah. being a producer it's I easier to do everything.
2: I, emailed, I I respond to everything I need to respond to.
3: Right, of course. And of
2: course. I take priority. Prioritize.
1: In that. Yes. Yeah, prioritizing emails. That's definitely something.
2: But there's someone else who's helping me check the ones that I don't want to check. Right,
1: exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, which is I,
2: about partnerships, right? So there's, you know, back to your question about partnerships, like, mm. you know, in addition to like being a value add for both parties, there also has to be like a vibe. Like, I have to like you.
1: I think that's one key thing that I wanted to actually bring I, it up and to you.
2: And you probably want to like me.
1: Nah, vice versa. Yeah, for sure. Like a partnership of any sort. Like if you're not vibing, like my whole philosophy behind that is like, yo, if we're not vibing, I don't even care. Like if we're trying to make money together, like if we're not vibing, yeah. I don't think it's worth our time. And that time.
2: happens a lot. You know, it happens yeah. a lot. I mean, and I th- some of it, you know, the other thing is like people think that they know people. Or they like, or they don't like people because of social media, and because a lot of people like are like, I know, so and so, but right. like meeting someone,
0: it's very different.
2: And knowing someone is totally different. For sure, definitely. some people like because I I see people I I know a, you know a good amount of people, and people will be like, oh well, this person knows you. said they know you, and I'm like, no. I was like, have we ever even had coffee together? Like, mm. have we had dinner? Have we? done anything together like you meeting me like a few times even if you've met me a few times interacted with me you don't know me
3: right yeah and we just met actually for this podcast face to face yeah Michael, right.
2: Michael
1: and Shelly
3: just met in person for the first time since we were, we've were we been emailing a lot
2: right it's just huh. different right know? so like you know like meeting and knowing people are totally different and, and you could follow someone too right and still don't know that person Yeah, but because I mean, you could follow me on Instagram yeah, like but, my personal account and still, really don't know me.
1: Yeah, I mean, what you're curating on your gram is kind of what you want people to see.
2: Exactly. So it's
1: just like, yo, like, how can you really get to know somebody if everything is curated through a filter? And
2: everyone's you know I mean? cool right now, you know. Everyone's cool, and you could be anything you want right. on Instagram. Right. Like, I could be like, I am a public figure. Right. I have, I have actually, like, I'm like, everyone's a public figure. I'm like, what have you done to be a public figure? Mm. You have likes. How
1: do you define public figure? <laughs> I mean, just, are you
2: Barack? Are just, you just for, the,
1: just for the record, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, J.K Key in real life and J.K Key on Instagram, is pretty much the same person.
2: And I and I'm the same person I am on <laughs> on my personal yeah, Instagram. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cause you'll see me gardening there, you'll mm. see me cooking,
1: you see me in there eating the new ramen. Yeah, you, know I mean? you,
2: you,
3: so you both, yeah, so Jakey just got into cooking. He's like, a, he's I won't w- say I just got
1: into it, but like I got real, I finally have though, like right? a real That's kitchen I now, right? Yeah, yeah so it's I a time in life, it.
2: you know what yeah. I mean? Mm. Like, cooking is like you probably always could cook. Right, but you just—it was like the timing. Yeah, Like exactly. you know what I mean? Like you have to have the right apartment, for and sure. then you have to—you have to like curate the right kitchen stuff, and then. One hundred percent, and also
1: like yeah. the right amount of time in the day. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and then like the right amount of determination for you not to, you know, eat out. Right. You're feeling like, god damn, my fucking waist is not, it's not thirty two no more. Right. So you're just like, all right, I gotta adjust a few things here yeah, and there. Yeah, you know? same. So that's, and then, you know, you're looking at your former bank statements. I'm like, God damn, I, f- I fucking spent like, what? A couple hundred dollars just right. on Seamless every month. Like, right. wow, you know? It's like, crazy. I could have bought some Google stocks. Right. You know what, you know what, mean? what I mean?
2: And so, I'm like, you know, I'm size two. I, I used to be a size zero.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't ask that, but all right. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Sorry. Uh, nah, but nah, 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 you're talking I'm about just, sizes, I'm, I'm right? Just, I'm, just, then, joking. But then I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Let's let's get back into talk about a little bit, like, about Caribbean and, like, some of the programming that you guys do. So, one of the things that kind of really interested me is the walking tour that you guys did sure. um, in Flatbush, which you mentioned earlier. That we do, yeah. Yeah, and that you do guys know. do currently. Um, I think it's so important because—so, I have a friend uh, who has a brand called DM. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, he, had, he used to have a store on, um, I believe, on Church called Brooklyn Sky. Uh-huh. Yeah, so, you know, him and I, we talked a lot about, like, how— you know, I'm I'm from Flushing, Queens, so mm-hmm. like, uh, Asian American experience there is like very unique in its own. Right. And when I come to Flatbush or Crown Heights, I kind of see the same thing, yep. like West Indian American experience kind of thriving in there. But a lot of the culture that you could see now in like these fashion runways, where on TV, is not oftentimes like presented within the community by people from the community, right? right? Especially now where was is getting gentrified. Oh, my God. We're like $3,600 for a, a, a studio on Church Avenue. Right. You know what I mean? Church and Ocean.
2: Don't don't tell me. Don't, let's I'm not even saying, talk about I'm just PLG saying, I'm, and I'm Ditmas.
1: Just, I'm just saying. Right. I'm just saying. So it's like, <laughs> it, and it's really, uh, I just feel like it's really important to have people from the community presenting these narratives instead of like, you know, like somebody moving into Williamsburg like 15 years ago, it's like, yo, I love Williamsburg, dude. It's like, yo, bro, there's Puerto Ricans and Jewish people that's been living there for decades. Hello. You know what I mean? So like, you know, I just didn't want to see that happen in places like Flatbush. So when you, you know, when you said, yo, there's a walking tour that, you know, you organized with your team, I just felt like it's very important initiative. So with that said, why a walking tour? And what are some of the businesses like that you introduce to the people? And what do you wish to gain out of this experience
2: sure so um so the walking tour is tied to our little caribbean um initiative so under you asked me about caribbean very early on and one of the first things that um i mentioned is that there are divisions or business units or channels of of caribbean and one of them is little caribbean Mm -hmm. so together with the city of new york Um, and a number of local stakeholders, we were able to designate the very first Little Caribbean in New York City and in the world, for that matter. Um, And that is in Flatbush. Um, And that really came out of my work with the Caribbean house because me walking from home to the flatbush Caton market and spending more time locally. Um, So now I'm not on the train heading to Google on, you know, 75 Ninth Avenue. I'm spending more time on the ground in Brooklyn and just seeing as you mentioned, the gentrification going on and the shifts going on with the people, with the businesses, I thought it was really important for us to preserve and protect and celebrate Caribbean immigration to New York City. One thousand percent. Of course, there are a number of other Caribbean neighborhoods. Um, There's in the Queens, in the Bronx, in in Manhattan, and even in Staten Island, too. There are a lot of Caribbean people who live in in Staten Island. But I'm from Flatbush, so I pick Flatbush. And a lot of people are like, what about us? And I'm like,
1: Nah, but then on top of that, like, Flatbush Crown Heights, y'all yeah. do the carnival there. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, like, that's it's the like Mecca. the epicenter <laughs> you know of, that's of the Caribbean Mecca. culture in you know New right? York City. Yeah.
2: So, so, as a result of us doing Little Caribbean, that was in 2017, September. You know, it's like, you do it and, and what? Right? So, you have to activate those corridors. Mm. And I had been invited to do walking tours with um, an international society called the Municipal Art Society um, for a number of years. The first tour I did, like 80 people showed up. I was like, who are these people? It was crazy. What
3: was the, the eighty the, the people makeup? at a
1: walking tour with a pretty wild. No, I mean, But it was that's like impressive. a free walking How do you move tour. No, yeah, that, 80 80 that's what I'm saying. Like I
2: mean, I had an assistant yeah. who oh but goodness. I had I didn't even know That's like they,
1: bigger than a school trip, yo.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was crazy, but a lot of people came who right. grew up in a neighborhood oh, okay. for nostalgia. People who just go on this these tours, because it's like a whole citywide right, like neighborhood. Right, right. It's actually an international, it's during um Jane's walk. Mm. Um people came who just go to that. People came because of I don't know, like I have no like, Airbnb invited some people because right, Airbnb right, right. was one of the part. It was crazy. Mm. And I was like overwhelmed. I have to send you the photos. And but you know, one of the things people were interested in was like Caribbean food, Caribbean culture. And of so I was able to do that a few times before. Mm. And so I and of course then added to the, the pat the fact that I have traveled again. Right. Been, I've been going to the Caribbean since I was six months old. Right. Without my parents. Right. So the thing about being the daughter of two immigrants is that with everyone back home is that they send you to go visit your grandma and your aunties and your uncles. Right. Right. And then I got barrel shipped to me. Right. To, to Trinidad. In fact, someone was just asking me about that today or yesterday. And they're like, you're spoiled. And I was like, why is that being spoiled? If my dad was sending me like a barrel like of like cereal, my favorite uh, cereal and pancakes, like why am I spoiled?
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Um but
1: then also like, you know, a lot of the West Indian like homies, I noticed that they send barrels back to the yeah, islands, like right. all their old clothes. Right, and but, shit. Of course, like,
2: but of course, but of course, I mean by extension, you know, my father was also sending goods for his family right, right, as right, well. Right. Like, sure, but yeah. it was sent as a very like a, a big care package to his nah, daughter. That's dope. That's but dope. so so between that my studies growing up in Flatbush like I have a lot of intelligence right and so and then of course I had these pilot tours um under my belt because I did it for two or three years consecutively and so with that after we launched Little Caribbean in September with the Brooklyn um, Borough President Eric Adams then and you know some other community support so we had a number of Cultural organizations, including mass camps, including Juve. The head of Juve was there. Brooklyn Museum was there. King's Theater was there. Um, and oh, the then, whole
1: squad was there. I mean, okay.
2: all my people were there yeah, to support. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we were like, how are we going to make this live? Because mm. without the local businesses and the people, like, what is Chinatown? What is K Town? Exactly. Right? Yeah. If you can't go to, to K Town and get some Korean barbecue, then is it K Town? Right. For right. Sure. If you can't go to Chinatown and get Chinese, you know the dopest Chinese food, then it's whether it's in Flushing, Brooklyn, mm. or in right here on Canal Street. Right. Then it's no longer Chinatown.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Right. If
2: they're not doing a Chinese New Year celebration here. Right. Then.
1: Yeah, and you right. kind of the neighborhood itself just loses
3: its Correct. identity. Correct.
2: And yeah. so even if at some point there are no more Caribbean people left in Flapush or in Brooklyn or in New York City at least we would have had our moment in time and it would be memorialized. Right.
1: That at a certain point... Kind of like Little Italy. I mean, nobody... No Italians really live there anymore. Correct. But they still have businesses and they still have, like, celebrations every year in the the area because it's memorialized, like what you said. And
2: that is a really important part of immigrant New York City. Right. And so why, if Caribbean people represent 20% of New York, then why can't we have our own neighborhood too?
1: 1,000%. One thousand percent. Actually, is yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy that there isn't like an official name for that area, like right. and crown. Yeah, Heights. and
2: so that I, I started that, asking myself you know that saying? question. Yeah. I was like, So how come everyone else,
0: mm.
1: even
2: people who came here after Caribbean immigrants? For sure. You know, and again, no disrespect to them. Right. Like, but how come they can have their own designation? Designated, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. Nah, it's that's crazy, that's, that's, and we're
2: twenty percent of New York. Twenty nah. percent of eight million people.
1: That's, One thousand percent.
3: That's crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you like turn on the radio, like High Ninety Seven or Power 105 like they're supposed to be hip hop and R and B, but what do they have every day? A big ass, you know, West Indian music section. I, you know mean, what I mean, how
2: like, can you turn it on and not hear toast right now? That's
1: what I'm saying. Like, shout so it's coffee. just like, some
2: coffee or something. Yeah, so, I love coffee. I
1: mean, she's great. Yeah, like growing up in New York, like having West Indian. Influence is just so part of you in everything, from Correct. the way you talk and then, to
2: yeah, I mean, the way when you dress, everything, the type of stuff you eat. Sneakers, I mean, every pizzeria, Clarks, all of that, every Clarks,
1: pizzeria has uh, a patties. He loves Clarks. You know,
2: why do you love Clarks? Because of your Jamaican, your West Indian friends.
1: Yeah, not I mean, the Wu Tang you know, ones are dope. Wu Tang, like, I want those. Wu Tang, but also like I'm a big Desert Track fan because you know that was all the, what the Badman used to wear. You know, like so it's all influences that you kind of picked up growing Correct. up in New York, but. You know, one key thing I think is important to note also is like, Yo, like as soon as you step out of the five boroughs, you go to a pizzeria, you're not gonna find beef patties.
3: Right. Right. You know
1: what I mean? As soon as you touch down. Now we still going, even okay. though they, they shine the lights down because the they're gonna doing the we're event. going, we're going night mode. Yeah, we're point. going night mode at this point. All right. yeah. So okay. that's
2: right, because beef patties in a pizzeria here and okay. and they actually put cheese on their beef patties yeah, yeah, here, yeah, yeah, which yeah, is yeah, funny. Yeah. So they remixed it.
1: They remixed they it. They remixed
2: the yep. beef patty. Cause I Dang. always look at it and I'm like, that looks so like I, first of all I would not come to a pizzeria for a beef patty. Right. Like number one. Because yeah. if I want a beef patty, I'm gonna go to like a Golden Crust or right. a Jamaican bakery or something Trop- like that.
1: Tropical baking house on a uh, Schenectady.
2: There was one on Utica and church when I was growing up, and they had the best beef patty cocoa So, bread. so
1: let's let's actually talk about that. Since you talked about um extensively about uh, businesses that um, you know, represent Flatbush, if you could um I don't want you to make it, you know, make it so like you know, you're missing out on some businesses that you might, you know, like you might be uh, tied in with or friends yeah. with. But if you could list like five. Or so businesses that, you know, listeners should check out if they ever visit Flatbush.
2: Yeah. So I would say, um, I love Peppas. So jerk Shout chicken. Shout out to
1: Peppas. You
2: cannot. I mean, Peppas is like, but the original, I'm talking about the Peppas on Flatbush. The Which original
1: room. one, the small joint? The small the one. The small joint the with the fly, the fly signage. Y'all yeah,
2: the, the dive bar, yeah. the dive Peppas. I mean, they have a lot of like new derivatives. And apparently they're opening a new one around the corner from my house. Yeah. There's gonna be a new one on Nostrand. There's one on Utica. It's like
1: there- a 1 a.m. after meal. You Listen, know I, mean? <laughs> I mean,
2: I remember That's when Peppa's was food. Danny and Peppa's.
1: Mm, okay. And okay. it was in the
2: back of a fish market. I, I,
1: see, I had no idea. And it
2: was on the other side of the street.
1: Yeah. Peppa's. Shout out so to Peppa's. So Peppa's,
2: um, Allen's Bakery uh, Institution, another… Um, institution. They got, the, they got
1: the fly of sourdough bread, right? I, they
2: have no hard dough bread. Uh, yeah, I mean. no,
1: not sourdough. Hard dough. Hard, hard dough, yeah. yeah.
2: Sourdough is yeah, <laughs> another yeah, culture. Yeah, it's another culture. But hard yeah, dough, but I love their currants rolls.
1: Okay. Like, their I don't currants, even know what that is.
2: Right. So it's yeah. like a delicious pastry, very moist, and mm. it's filled with currants. Like, okay. you need to figure it out. Okay. I like, get it. <laughs> um, right. On Usually the on the weekends, um, the line is out the door. Mm. The currants rolls. They also have patties there, too. But it's a different kind of patty. It's more of a cocktail patty.
0: Mm.
2: So you should try that out. Okay. Um, I like… Speaking of patties, I also like la baguette, which is Haitian patties.
0: Okay.
2: Um, And there are a number of those. Um, My favorite is the smoked herring patty. Ooh. Uh, But I love… Again, that's like that sour fish.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sour,
2: salty fishing. I love like… That colonial uh, import, right? Because… The fish, like smoked herring and bacalao or saltfish, it won't spoil in the Mm. heat in the tropics, right? Right. So we have a lot of that in 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 our cuisine. And the Haitian version, the I love it. Mm. The they also have saltfish. They have beef, but I think that the saltfish could be a little like seasoned, Mm -hmm. you know? Like saltfish is like a very specific thing for me, right? Right. Um. But then you know you have the smokiness of the herring, which I really like. Right. Um. And I mentioned Le Bay earlier market. If you want produce, if you're cooking,
1: Le Bay market. Le
2: Bay, L A B A Y. Okay, Le Bay market. Um, yes, and but so if you're into cooking, you can get Dutch pots there. You can get all of your fresh ingredients. Mm. You can get fruits. You can get fresh coconut water, like straight out of the coconut. Mm. Like people are lined up on the sidewalk on the weekend mm. uh, to get fresh coconut water, cane, cane juice, chocolate, like fresh fish imported from the caribbean mm. like the whole the works the, the and they also shebang. cook food there they also have cooked food there so you can get some Le roast bay market. you can get some roast breadfruit there you mm. can get fried breadfruit you can get acras which are fried uh, codfish balls amazing like i love that place so
1: you, so you named peppers allen's bakery La bay market yeah and then we need two more
2: and I said la baguette.
1: La baguette. Okay.
2: Um, you, so you need one more. I would say Ali's. Ali's. Which you like too. For the roti. Uh, or doubles.
1: Or the doubles.
2: And I like, you know, I'm not a huge meat eater. But when I eat roti, it's a curry goat roti. Mm. With pumpkin and extra pepper. That's
1: righteous. I mean, Ali's, man. The line over there. It's hefty. It's yeah. hefty line, man. The, and then the
2: shouldn't I have some just there?
1: Yeah, oh, no, he okay. was. Yeah, Tr- yeah. Trinidad James was Trinidad just there. James. Yep, yeah. yep. Shout Down the out. block from uh, Alumni Crown Heights, FYI. Very cool. With the pl- um, Who
2: we're so- about to collab with, partner with. <laughs> okay. Quang. Quang. Yeah, okay. for sure, for I sure. It. I mean— We have Crown Heights specials. So have you this seen them?
1: Is, no, I didn't see them yet. No. So this is kind of like our go-to wrap-up questions. Sure. Um, so the first wrap-up question that we always ask our guest is, what is the most significant relationship in your life?
2: <sighs> um now, like past, present, or future
1: I mean everything, top of mind, yeah,
2: I mean, I would say with my parents, i mean mm. for i mean, I want to say myself, right okay. <laughs> <'Cause> like
3: <to laughs> no, that's a very j key answer, yeah, that is
2: like yeah, i say to be honest with you, like my most important relationship is with myself, and right. i take mm. i try to take really, really good care of myself, right, um, like I eat well, I take really good care of my skin, that's. Right. Look, you guys need to give me some Korean product there you, there you, there tips. There it is. Right? right. But here, If JoJo was in. Yeah. Oh she, man, she, she, so she JoJo steps. has to hit me with the links, oh, yeah. right? <laughs> no, yeah. she won't. Um, yeah, and I even see like cooking as like one of the greatest acts of self-care.
0: For sure. Um,
2: and just like really maintaining a very peaceful and calm environment. You know, I was reading something yesterday about like, Hustle versus a line. Q-tip posted it on his on his Instagram. And I remember the first time someone called me a hustler. And I mm. was very offended. I was like, what? Mm. And like, and then I realized that it was like a compliment. Right. And I still don't think of that as a compliment because I see like a hustler as someone as being overly aggressive right. and like not balanced and thoughtful in terms of what they're doing. Um, and like pro- probably too skewed in one direction, right. right? Okay. And it was, it was very refreshing to see Q-tip like talk about aligning and like the whole like how you need to rest and relax and rejuvenate exactly. and, and sort of like balance yourself in order to actually be more productive and to be more successful. And I'm a huge, huge fan of that. Just like I'm a huge fan of eight hours of sleep a night.
1: mm That's a good, yeah, that's a good approach. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But after that, I would say my parents. Mm. um, I'm close to them in different ways. My dad passed away a couple years ago, Mm. and he lived with me, um, you know, for for most of his last years. And, yeah, I mean, I'm really, really, I'm very, very close to my
1: parents. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah. Um,
2: And I I admire them, you know, for being immigrants, being number one. My father came here on a boat. Right. When he was 16 years old. Wow. Yeah, I mean, like, there were planes, but he came on a boat.
0: See, and- I
1: think I think that's one thing that we need to all recognize, right? Like, because there's so many um, misunderstandings between different cultures that all coexist in New York, right? One thing that people tend to forget or doesn't realize is that, yo, our parents were all immigrants. Correct. And they all came in here not knowing anybody out right. here. Not having a, a visa, a right. passport, whatever it may right. be. and. Some probably spoke a little bit of English. Some probably didn't speak any English at right. all. But, but the struggles fi-
2: are are but, still but the they same. F- but they
1: figured it out. Correct. I think that's that's a huge thing that we could never forget. Is right. the fact that like, if they drop me off, like in somewhere in like a foreign country, I don't speak the language and I got to start figuring shit out like yeah. like that. Yo, I don't know if I could like bear right. with Right. And that's you know the whole thing. Maybe?
2: So when I think about... When I really sit down as an adult and I think about
1: process, process,
2: like you being 16 or 20, 21, coming here
1: with nothing, with
2: nothing, with no one, no family, nothing. And figuring out not only your life, but also how to get 12 other siblings and their kids here and your mother. Right. Yeah. Everyone in my family came here with a green card in their hand. Right. No one came here illegal. Right. Backtrack without papers. Right. But they figured all of that shit out.
3: hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Right? Mm-hmm. And so,
3: yeah, my parents. exactly. We don't give them enough credit yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah we don't. Yeah. I
1: mean,
2: yeah. And I was, like, the firstborn here and, you know, very, you know, my dad's sending, like I said, sending me barrels, but by extension, his own family. So, I was talking to someone earlier today and she was like, you never had an hour, because I was telling her I never, like, really worked, like, for an hourly salary. You know, like, you know, like a, Like, I never did that. Like, in high school, a little bit, but, like, not really. Right. And I was like, I always had a, like, I was always a professional. Like, from I left school until now. And she thought that was really weird. And I was like, well, I don't know. But, you know, I guess that was part of my privilege. But, you know, education was the most important thing. Mm -hmm. As being the daughter of immigrants. Right. I don't think it's Caribbean-specific. I'm sure it's it's the same if you're Korean or of any culture. Like, education is paramount.
1: Right. And I think that's also kind of, like, the reason why... You know, oftentimes people from that type of environment, you know, because they have knowledge of self mm-hmm. and they, uh, knowledge of self usually leads to confidence and figuring things out because you kind of see examples of like, OK, if my dad could figure this shit out, not speaking anything. Come on, fam. Right. Like exactly. <laughs> the least I could do is put food in my mouth, you know. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah. So on that note, um, the second question that we always ask our guests is what is your personal mantra?
2: I mean, there, there there, are a lot of things that I, that I, um, you know, I was, again, like all immigrants, like we, we came here, like there are a, a lot of values that you have, right? Like that, you, that are instilled from your parents and your grandparents and extended family. Um, and, you know... And there are all these things that your parents say, right? Like all of these expressions like from their culture. Right. And one of the things that I have been thinking about and reflecting a lot about lately is like my father would say, there are two things. I have two things that my parents said. So my father would say, show me your company and I'll show you who you are. Right. And so, Mm. you know, so I think a lot about the company that I keep and I really try to you know, maintain a certain, and that has nothing to do with socioeconomic status, right? That has nothing to do with being at a prestigious museum or being from the neighborhood, right? Because I can, you know, we deal with all spectrums of people. Um, And so that's one. And then I would say the second thing is my mom, she still tells me this to this day, that everyone can't be like you. Right. Right. Mm, yeah, and so sure. because she knows I'm like super type A, like very high functioning and like I'm demanding. I'm really demanding. Right. Right. But I'm demanding of myself. Right. Right. So anything. If you're my friend, I'm going to be demanding to you because I want you to be a great friend because I want to be I'm going to try to be a great friend to you. Right. And you're going to be a great friend to me. And, and that's not like. So my mom, when she hears me, when I think she sees me spiraling in that direction. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, my parents know me very well. Um, She and my mother is a Virgo. So, you know, I'm an Aquarius. And I don't know if that means anything to you. But, you know, my mom has a certain way that she does things. and
3: I'm a uh, Virgo, so.
2: yeah. Yeah. What sign are you?
1: I think I'm an Aries. You're an Aries Oh, I yeah. love
2: Aries. You're an Aries. I think I'm an Aries. Aries are, are great. He's yeah. an Aries. When's, when's your birthday? Uh,
1: March 23rd.
2: Oh, cool. Uh, one of my good friends is March 21st. Okay. But and another one, April 15th. So she says everyone can't be like you. Right. Right? And and that's true. You know, because we need all types of people in the world. And everyone can't be like me. So, I look at it, yeah. And those things keep me really grounded. Exactly. Right? And as as did my parents. Right? So… So I would say, like, I don't have, like, some, like, esoteric quote and, you know, or whatever. It's just more about, like, the things that resonated with me over my life. For sure. That I heard and internalized that my parents just said to me over and over. And and like I said, my dad talked about that all the time. And my mother still tells me that everyone can't be like you. For sure. For sure.
1: Well, um, on that note, thank you, Shelly, for joining us at 6.99 per pound podcast. I would like to tell all our listeners to check out Caribbean that's spelled with the C-A-R-R-I.
2: No, one R.
1: Oh, okay. Let me do that again. On that note, um, it's right there. It's, not, it's okay. written right there. Yeah. So on that note, I'd like to uh, thank Shelly again for joining us on 699 per pound podcast. I want all our listeners to check out Caribbean that's spelled with I-M-I-A-M-C-A-R-I-B-B-E-I-N-G on Instagram. And you can basically punch in the same thing that myshopify.com if you're trying to like cop products and check out more details about uh, Caribbean. I am Caribbean. And also, you know, uh, you know, there's the walking tour that's still ongoing, yeah. It is. Um, and if you ever see like a container box, a bright yellow container box in a part of Brooklyn, you know what that affiliation is,
2: yeah. So well, sure. it's not yellow anymore, so this year oh, it was not? pink. Every year we change colors, um, and so we're about to like we re- um,
1: oh, thank you for rectifying. I mean, correcting that,
2: yeah. I mean, the yellow was really dope, it was painful to.
1: To let that go?
2: However, and there was a mural on it with some sorrel with sugar cane. That's fire. Um, so yeah, so we. The yellow wanted...
1: one was just so like distinctive, like it was, it was. noticeable. You know, what I mean? it really was. It was yeah. pretty.
2: You know, maybe we'll go back to yellow. We'll see. But the whole concept is that every year that the Caribbean House transforms, mm. um, and one of the ways we do that is through color.
1: Sounds good. So on that note, I mean, yo, check out Flatbush. Check out Crown Heights. Check out um, the culture that is happening in the Caribbean islands. I mean, you know, like, like Shelly said earlier in the podcast, you know, food is kind of the connecting factor. So if you see a jerk chicken stand, I mean, I've noticed a lot of these jerk chicken pop-ups been happening yeah. more, more recently. Yeah. Um, don't be afraid to try it, man. You and know? music.
2: Music is also music a great well. entry I mean, point.
1: There's more, there's more to West Indian music than Sean Paul, even though Sean Paul's amazing. You know, you can, there's so much music in that culture. Yeah. And also for those uh, uh, disrespectful individuals that, you know, what Shelly mentioned earlier, was trying to like perpetrate and trying to play a fool by um, not really respecting the culture and the essence of what carnival is. Do your kumon. That basically means do your homework and um, respect it as a culture. You know what I mean? So on that note...
2: Carnival and Juve.
1: Carnival and Juve. Yes, yes, yes. So on that note, follow us at 6.99 per pound on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all of that. And if you have yet to join us and check us out on Anchor, make sure you do that as well. Shout out to Listening Party Presents for having us. Shout out to Canal Street Market as well. That's it. Don't, rate, episode us, of, don't uh, rate us. But don't rate us. But Do not rate us. On that note, another episode of 699 per pound podcast. Thank you, Shelly, again for joining us. Peace, 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 peace. Hey, yo, it's 699 per pound
0: podcast.